God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin live in it, still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, so that he who has died has been justified from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe also we shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's Romans chapter 6 and verses 1 through 11, and that's out of my new legacy standard New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. Shout out to John MacArthur Johnny on Mac that. Johnny Mac and the grace to you, church. Yeah. Bringing this wonderful literal, literal, literal. Oh, I think I got it right. Oh, yeah. Literal, literal. Yeah. I can't even say it. <laughs> it's all right. Literal. Literal. <laughs> anyway, uh, translation. Yeah, it's awesome. So, and shout out to Seth for um, accidentally ordering two of them. Now I got one. You're welcome. <laughs> Providence of God working there. It was, right yeah. There. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Go check that out. Uh, Legacy Standard Bible. I don't think they have the whole entire Bible done yet, do they, Seth? It's just... I think it's supposed to release later this year. Yeah. And so, um, if if you're a fan of the NASB, it's pretty, it's pretty close to the uh, NASB. It's a little more literal, uh, as Seth said, in some of the things um, where the Old Testament uh, it'll use the word Yahweh a lot more, and some in the New Testament too. So, uh, pretty cool little um, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs uh, book Bible that Seth brought me here tonight. So, I was excited to read out of that, but. Welcome to uh, episode number, I think like 12 maybe, episode 12, uh, of the Good Medicine Podcast, That Good Medicine Podcast. And I'm your host, Uncle Marco, here with my co-host, Mr. Seth Carter. Oh yeah. (laughs) You're not going to make a big long introduction or anything? No. No? Okay. Well, um... We just want to say uh, that we are very thankful that we've been able to continue to do this week in and week out. Seth, if nothing else, it's just been awesome to get together and talk about the Bible with you. And you have know? good fellowship with one another. Yeah, even you know if we never get 7,000 listeners, it's still been fun to, to do oh, this. Oh, it's definitely thing. been a blessing just yeah. to get the gospel message out to just the few listeners that hear it. It's been yeah. a blessing. 
for sure. So um, tonight's episode, we're going to talk about sanctification um, and what that is and what it's not. And from the scripture I read, we're going to try to explain it through that. But before we get into that, let's take a second and give a shout out to the Narrowgate Boutique, narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. Uh, that sounded like I was doing like a legit commercial. I'm getting pretty slick with it the way oh, I'm man. saying it now. Uh, may get some brownie points for that one. But go on there, uh, buy Bible tabs, t-shirts, all that stuff, all that cool stuff on there for, um, I about said for free. Don't You're not going to get it for free. Uh, go on there and buy and use the good medicine or good medicine promo code, get 20% off. Seth, before we get into this, um, let me ask you a question. So, um, if animals could talk, what kind of animal would be the rudest of them all, do you think? No idea? No. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll kick this one off. 100% it's going to be cats. Because, um, as we talked about in the last episode, like Bobby Boucher, Mom said cats is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> they are... Um, you know, if you're listening and, and you're a cat person, um, your cat is the spawn of Satan. I don't care how good of a cat it is, um, it's predestined to hell. <laughs> oh man, no, seriously though, I, that that I think cats would probably be the rudest animal if they could talk. You got any ideas of what you'd pick? I like alligators because they're on her and got all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> Yeah, you know, alligators probably would be kind of rude too because they already kind of look hateful. They just look mean. That's a pretty good one. You know, we probably should have went with the snake, but. Yeah, the what? serpent that deceived. The serpent, yeah, yeah. the deceived, yeah. Yeah, that old slimy thing, but. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's get into this thing. So, sanctification. Uh, what is sanctification? Well, uh, going into Romans 6 here, the, the verses that I read there. Um, Paul was in Rome at that time, but he wrote that. He's writing to Christians that were in Rome. Um, but they had been hindered um, by different teachings. People were coming coming along and, and telling them all kinds of things. Um, and then after Paul gave give them a, a foundation understanding of what justification is in Romans uh, 5, then he kicks over to, to Romans 6. So um, what would your... What would your explanation of sanctification be, Seth? If you could just give like a first, you know, off the cuff, what is sanctification? How would you answer? It'd be a complete work of God conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ. If I had to sum it up in one yeah, sentence, that's pretty. That's pretty textbook. That sounded really good. Probably sound better what I'm gonna say. So sanctification, um, my definition, you know, it's not different than Seth's definition, just in my own words. Um, it's something that comes after we're born again. Uh, believers, once you're uh, justified or saved, you begin to grow uh, in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you're maturing in your faith. Um, and like you said, it's a complete work of God. Um, and you're becoming made more like Christ. You're being made into the image of Christ each day. So that would be my um, definition of, of sanctification. Uh, so what is sanctification not? Um, it's not something that happens before you're saved. First of all, people don't grow into Christians. We're not like, you know, um, like a, what do they call them? Uh, 
like a, a well, I don't know. I don't have a good animal to give an example of like how animal changes or whatever. I was trying to think of something slick to say, but I couldn't. But um, sanctification is not something that happens before you're a Christian. We don't grow into Christians. Before we are saved, before we become Christians, um, the Bible clearly tells us that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. So it takes, excuse me, I know I sound stupid when I do that, but um, that's what I get for drinking coffee before we start. But um, So once we're regenerated by the Holy Spirit, uh, we then begin to grow in Christ. So um, it's not something where pe- we hear people say this a lot, like, I've got to get some things taken care of, then I'm going to get back in church. Um, you know, getting back in church has never saved anyone. It's never sanctified anyone. Um, now, from the point of justification, sanctification begins. Uh, and coming to church and being blessed with God's Word, um, that helps and it sanctifies us. The Bible even tells us, I believe it's in, in John 17 when Jesus is praying, he says, Sanctify them by thy word, thy word is truth. Um, but it's not, you know, sanctification is not just going to church. It's not, um, you know, quitting doing things. You've heard people say that, you know, I'm going to give up this, I'm going to give up that, I'm going to give up this, you know, I'm going to start living right, those type of things. Um, well, first of all, um, if, if we're, if we're just giving up things and doing things and we're, we're not even justified or saved to begin with, um, we're just going down a list and doing things that's not really doing anything for us. It's not the work of the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, Vody Bauckham once said that hell's filled with people who didn't drink, cuss, or smoke, or any of those things. Maybe they were even baptized. Um, but why will hell be full of those people? Because none of those things makes you a Christian. Um, so from the from the beginning, you know, we want to point out that um, just doing things and changing changing things in your life and starting to to quit, you know, stopping to do things doesn't make you a Christian. It's by grace through faith. Uh, those are just examples of things people say that they're going to do uh, and think that they're saved by that. Um, so that's before sanctification even begins. Yeah, uh, nobody just wakes up one day and says, oh, well, I'm just going to start becoming a Christian. I mean, that's just not true. And sadly, you hear that a lot around here. People think, well, I'm just going to get in church, start living better, mm-hmm. and do a bunch of morality, you know. <sighs> Yeah, and uh, that's just not how it works. It has to be a conversion. You have to be born again. You have to be regenerated. The hard stone must come out. The hard flesh must come in. That's all complete work of God. Yeah, and a lot of times the things that people say that they're going to do, um, you know, the, like you're saying, people will say, "I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that," and think that that's saving them. A lot of things that they say that they're going to do, um, if they were just justified. The work of the Holy Spirit begins to do all kinds of things in our life instead of us trying to do it on our own. Yeah. Uh, and that's the work of sanctification. So, you know, Jesus addressed uh, addressed this, you know, as far as people on the side of justification. Jesus addressed this um, in Matthew 23 and 25 about people thinking that they could clean up and come to Christ when uh, he said in reality what they were doing was making clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within... They're full of excess, extortion and excess. Um, so once we're saved, we begin, at that point, we begin to see uh, Christ growing us in holiness and grooming us to be more like our Savior. Yes. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a uh, just a quick idea of what sanctification is. It's growing in holiness. It's God restoring the image of himself within humanity 
we lost that image. Well, we didn't lose the image completely, uh, but we lost the holiness of that and everything at the fall. Mm-hmm. And God is restoring his image. And what is the perfect image of humanity? It's Christ. Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah. Even though I'm not saying Jesus is not God when I said that. Yeah. I just want to say he is the perfect, you know, Yeah. Uh, image of what Adam was supposed to be. Yeah, there you go. That That's a good way to explain it. Christ is the perfect image of what um, Adam was supposed to be. We see Adam at the fall and then sin entered creation and we all have that nature still, that at that sin nature that we inherited from our, our federal head who is Adam. And so we still have that sin nature and it's something that we don't just do away with the sin nature at the point we're saved. Um, it's not like we become sinless from yeah. the time we're saved. And that's the, the, like Seth said, that's the work of the Holy Spirit that is uh, continually grooming us to be more like Christ and restoring that image of Christ um, that we lost uh, in Adam. Yeah. From God, uh, in the incarnation, from God become a man in the person of Jesus Christ, we see what Adam was supposed to be perfectly done. And that's what God's role is in humanity. They restored us to the image of Christ, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So verses one and two of uh, Romans six. There, um, you want to read those, Seth? Real, I, I read them earlier, but you want to read them again? Verses one and two of Romans six. Yeah. What shall we through. say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Yeah. So um, after addressing um, God's grace and explaining justification in Romans five. Um, you know, we see that, that maybe this question's come up that, you know, since we're saved by faith and we're kept by God's grace, does it really matter that we sin? Um, and so Paul very directly answers that and says, may it never be. Um, if you have a King James Bible, it says, God forbid. It's a, it was a strong statement. Um, it wasn't, he was saying, um, you know, it almost seemed like there was a thought that, um, you should just sin because grace abounds, but we know antinomianism. It's anti it's antinomianism, um, and it's it's just a total abuse of the grace of God. Um, and so, once we become Christians, we see that the work of the Holy Spirit begins to cause us to um, start to see our sin for what it is, see it as its um, its disobedience to to the Holy and just God that uh, that has saved us from damnation. We start to see sin for what it is. Um, but Paul comes here and says, no, may it never be. May it, may it never be. You shouldn't just sin because you have grace. Um, and then he goes on to explain it um, and on, on out through the chapter. But um, who, who, so we know in, in, in Ephesians 2, it talks about us being dead and our sins. Um, so we see uh, that as a Christian, someone who's been born again, um, you go from being dead in trespasses and sins in Ephesians 2, um, and then once you become a Christian, you you see that you're dead to sin. Um, and so, you know, it says how that we are dead, how, how that, how are we that are dead to sin? How should we live any longer therein? We're dead to sin. So what what a change that Jesus makes. He's the one that makes dead men live, and not only just like a one-time thing, he still, if you want to put it this way, he still lives us every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So 
you know, um, does that mean that you'll never sin? No. <laughs> it means you just hate it when you do. It means that you, you, it definitely, it's, you can't continue to go on sinning and it not bother you. Um, it's not to say that we don't, you know, we've talked about this before, sometimes fall into great sin and, and, and major things that we fall into, but it's not a permanent thing that the true child of God can stay there. We look at the story of the prodigal son and he, he got out and he left the father's house and ended up, you know, lost all that he had had. Um, but he, he came to himself and realized, you know, that he couldn't, he couldn't deal with that anymore. He couldn't live with the, in the sin that he was living in. And, uh, we see just a beautiful picture there of grace and how he returns to, um, returns to the father and did the father, you know, browbeat him to death all the way home? No, he welcomed him, welcomed him with open arms. So, um, we see that, that, you know, it doesn't mean that we're, since it says that we're dead to sin, it does, that doesn't mean that we're never going to sin again. Um, so, you know, you can, you can find people that'll, you know, preach that type of message that, you know, we're, we're no longer sinners. Um, and that's just a terrible message because we very much still are sinners. Um, and so our relationship with sin has changed permanently in, mm-hmm. in sanctification. One thing's for sure, if you if you don't have a if you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, a saving relationship, you're gonna have a new relationship with sin. Amen. Amen. Um and the beautiful thing about it is is God knows us, you know, better than we know ourselves. Uh and in first John I know we've talked a little bit through first John, but you know, um it God knew after he knew that from the time that he saved us that we weren't going to go on and never sin again. Uh, he knew that we would st- we're still have that nature of sin. And so to answer the question, somebody says, well, you'll never sin again. Well, here's some scripture that would contradict that. First John uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 10 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So um, the process of sanctification doesn't mean that you're going to be sinless. It means that you will uh, sin less um, because of the work of the Holy Spirit. It's, It's changing you day by day, moment by moment. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to sin anymore. Um, and and God clearly knew that, you know. Nothing's taking God by surprise. And we're, you know, what are we good at doing? We're good at sinning, and God knew that about us. And so, you know, He's gave us the Advocate, Jesus Christ, to go to, and it says if we can confess our sins. Um, and when John wrote this, he wasn't writing to unconverted people; it was to children of God, those that were believers. And he said, if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins. I thank God for that because, Amen. you know, I can go back to him uh, when I sin 10 minutes from now and I say, God, I've I've, uh, I've been angry over something that I shouldn't have been, been angry. I've, I've had hatred towards somebody and confess that sin to us. And the Bible clearly gives us uh, assurance that he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. So thank God for that. Uh, verses 3 and 4 of Romans 6. Uh, it's just an illustration of being dead to sin, being raised to new life in Jesus Christ. We're with him in death. We're with him in life. We're, it's a newness of life. It means that we're um, something that wasn't before, but now it is. Um, 
a different life. Romans, I mean, not Romans, but Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we're continually, uh, at the point of justification, we become new. But um, let's be honest, you know, it's, it's uh, the Scripture teaches it, Paul teaches it several times throughout the New Testament of uh, that life of sanctification is, from the point of justification, you're just a like a newborn baby. Uh, and you grow and, and you learn and you grow and you fall down. God picks you back up, dusts you off, sets you on your feet again. Uh, just the you know, uh, work of sanctification is is beautiful and showing that you know God doesn't just save us um, and leave us here like robots. We still have that sin nature that we are going to sin, but we still have that Advocate Jesus Christ that we go to and confess our sins, and He's faithful and just to forgive us. So, any comments on those first few verses, said No. I feel like I'm just running my mouth. You're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm just keep talking, going. talking my brains off here. So uh, verses five through seven, uh, it, talking about being uh, planted together with uh, with Christ. It mean means that just means to be in union with Him. Um, Philippians three and ten um, is kind of that goes with these verses here. Romans six five through seven, but Philippians three and ten says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Uh, conformable means to become like him. So what does Philippians 3 and 10 tell us? That we're being made conformable. So um, that's a process throughout our life. You know, we're being made uh, conformable uh, to Christ throughout our life. Our old man's is passed away our old man Adam is to- like the one the old man that's in Adam is totally depraved uh, n- good at nothing but sinning uh, and the new man that's in Christ uh, has been freed from sin uh, no longer uh, has the um, has the punishment of sin uh, hanging over his head is no longer a slave to sin no longer a slave to sin um, but also still struggles with sin Yes, and so we see that in Romans seven with Paul when he says he's a wretched man. The things that he wants to do, he's not doing, and the things that he does want to do, uh, he's not doing. He's not doing. Maybe I said that backwards. That's all right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's uh, just to give you kind of an example to make this maybe more clear to somebody that's never kind of heard teaching on this. But so if you went to the doctor like for a yearly checkup or something, and they found you know, through some testing or something that you had some sort of crippling disease. Uh, the bad news is that you've learned that the, the disease has some kind of, you know, real high death rate. Um, the good news is the doctor has the medicine on hand uh, that'll actually heal you from uh, this disease with one dose. So you take the medicine, you're healed. Um, you were once in bondage. You're, you're enslaved by whatever the diagnosis was. But now you've been set free, and you're given a new outlook on life because you can now live. You're free in Christ, um, but you're also being made conformable to him. So we still were reminded um, a lot of times people have diseases and things, and they have to take certain medications the rest of their life. And it's kind of like a picture of the Holy Spirit in our life and how it works day by day, moment by moment, and um, just conforming us to the image uh, of Christ. So 
let's see where do I leave off there verse 8 um, being dead with Christ being um, it says now if we die with Christ we believe also we shall live with him being dead with Christ means being crucified with Christ it doesn't mean that we are crucified with Christ uh, crucified with Christ it doesn't mean that we're saved and then we just die right away because Galatians 2 and 20 says I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live so when Paul wrote that he's saying yeah we're crucified with Christ but you, you still have a life to live um, you still have you're left here on earth with a purpose yeah you're left with a purpose here on earth I mean you're to glorify God with your life and people are to see the risen Savior working in your life and see what the image of God was supposed to be in Adam because God is conforming as we mentioned earlier to the image of his son and people see what humanity is supposed to be like through people that are being sanctified yeah we, we are um, as I believe uh, I can't remember which which epistle it's in but um, Paul talks about being written epistles we are, we are written epistles people read us um, as we're the written epistles of, of Christ here on earth we're uh, his hands and his feet here on earth as we're still living we still have um, the great commission you know to go out and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit um, it's not uh, sanctification is not something though that we just go out and take into our own hands for somebody who's a Christian it's something that comes natural um, because of the work of the Holy Spirit that's working in us. So um, as far as, you know, people looking to say, well, so-and-so is, you know, further in their walk with God than me, uh, I think a lot of times we get in a whole lot of trouble we start comparing ourselves to each other. Yeah. Um, and we see that a lot. There's people that's been saved longer than others. and Yeah. And... It's just common sense to say the man's been saved for thirty years versus me being saved for four years is going to be more sanctified than me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's had a longer life, and and the work of the Holy Spirit is, you know, it's the same. It's the same work. It's the same same spirit. He's just further along in it. It's the same spirit, and some people are, are you know bear more fruit than others. Uh, so you know, I think a lot of times we rob people of assurance, knowing that God is working in them by causing them to compare themselves with each other or you know um somebody giving them um like a uh, uh you need to do this a to-do list a to-do list yeah and you know then then what you see is is people and i've been caught in this this same you know awful trap before too is um you try to become more like you know a certain teacher a certain preacher because you know, you think that person is just riding high on the hog, mm -hmm. so so to speak. But um, once you really, the work of the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to see that we're all just sinful creatures. Um, you know, those those people that are great in the faith, they also have great struggles, um, and some of them had great sins. We've talked about that before. Um, so we know that if we're looking uh, and comparing ourselves with somebody else. The sanctification is going to be warped in our mind um, by looking at that but if we how can we have assurance that the work of sanctification is taking place in our in our life um well do you love god 
do you do you love Jesus? And is it a work that continues? In your is life? it a work that continues? And how can we have assurance that's going to continue? Verses nine through eleven tells us Christ is raised from the dead. That's assurance. And he said, whatever the work that he began in Philippians one and six, I believe it is that he that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of redemption, the day of Jesus Christ. So if if God started something, he's going to bring it to completion uh, throughout your life or whatever that work is in your life it's different for yeah, everybody the father drawed you he's the one that started yeah. it and he's going to continue that work in yeah you. absolutely um yeah i mean that's a great way to put it said god started it he's going to finish it amen um and so you know we have assurance that we're going to pro- progress in our faith as christians because christ raised from the dead it tells us in verses 9 through 11 that he'll never die again he died into sin one time um, that death has no dominion over him if he would have not rose from the dead the uh, scripture tells us plainly that our faith would be in vain we would be without hope we would be miserable and we'd still be in our sins but we know that's not true Uh, we know Christ rose from the dead and the Bible says that death has no dominion over him Um, and he lives unto God um, and so we're also dead to sin and we're also alive unto God but that's only in Christ that mm-hmm. we're that way and so um, another big thing that, that Jesus tells us is um, that he's not left us alone John 16 uh, verses 13 and 14 says when he which is the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you so the Holy Spirit um, is uh, the assurance that we are going to progress in sanctification the work of the Holy Spirit God's when God saves us the point of justification we're filled with the Holy Spirit it's not something that comes as some people would teach you know you're you're saved, but you're not filled with the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, it's not later on in your, until your conversion. No, it's at the moment of conversion. You're filled mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, that's the greatest. Well, I won't say it's the greatest, but it's one of the biggest things we have to look back to to say, if you're saved, you can guarantee that you're sanctified and you're also being sanctified. So, we go ahead. What are you going to say? I just going to say you can't fail. No, don't, I mean you can't fail because it's God that's doing the work. Sure, yeah. Don't mean you don't mess up. Don't mean you don't have disasters happen. Don't even mean you don't fall into seasons of sin in your life. But you can't fail completely in the end because it's God that's doing the work in you. Yeah, yeah. God's doing the work, and if, like I said, if He starts it, He's going to complete it. Um, and it's not, it's not something that you know we can really put a measuring stick on and say, you know, how far am I along? We really don't know you know i we talk to each other and, and and know you know a little bit about each other from the things that we say and and god uh, i feel like gives us uh, fellowship and and these things where we can gather and grow and that's why um it really stirs our faith it increases our faith um, when we're in fellowship with other believers um and and spending time with god in prayer with his word we're not doing these things because they're works that we have to do we're doing them because we've been justified and we're filled with the holy spirit and god gives us that desire doesn't mean we do them perfectly doesn't mean sometimes we don't do these things even at all 
Um, but it doesn't mean that God's not working in us. It's such a big difference versus being unconverted and converted. Yeah. You actually won't. Yeah. There's stuff, a want in you versus not wanting anything at all yeah, to do stu- with it. Stuff that you would, you would never even care th- about. Even think of. Yeah. You would not even care about before. Um, and so, you know, for a non-Christian, there's no such thing as sanctification. It's not something that you know that that's happening, and somebody that's a non-Christian, you're dead in your sins. Um, Charles Spurgeon, he he once quoted this. He said, "Well, he didn't quote this. This was his quote." Uh, he said, "Sanctification grows out of faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, holiness is a flower, not a root. It is not sanctification that saves." But salvation that sanctifies. So we see it in the correct order there, and and his what he said is it's not sanctification, and then you you're saved, you're dead in your sins, and then you're saved or justified, and then sanctification comes out of that. So you know um, we get as I said earlier into these you know measuring contests is where we're trying to see am i as spiritual as seth is or whatever and let's be honest a lot of times it's just a front by people they act a certain way and you think oh man he's really got everything going when behind the scenes he or she's a total wreck Mm -hmm. you know Um, so that's why we get in trouble when we're trying to measure ourselves based on somebody else's what you think their walk with the lord's like because we're all a wreck. We're all a mess. We're our greatest need uh, before we're saved is Jesus. Our greatest need after we're saved it doesn't change. It's still Jesus. Amen. Um, so, you know, we're all guilty of breaking God's law. We all deserve death. The bad news is there's absolutely nothing we can personally do to change that. Yeah. But the good news is that Jesus came to save sinners, and He's the only perfect man that ever lived. And that perfect life he lived, the perfect sacrifice he gave, it satisfied that sentence of death that's on us. Um, so Christ died on the cross. He took God's wrath that we deserve, um, and he and the death that we deserve, we deserve to die also. Um, and as I read earlier, he died into sin one time. He rose again victorious on the third day for our justification. So for people who are not Christians, um, that's that's the gospel message in a nutshell. Um, before we're born again, there's no sanctification taking place in our lives. There's uh, once we become Christians, it's then that God begins a work in us that He's promised to finish. He he's, He promises us. He promises us in His Word that He's going to finish the work that He starts. Um, you know, our lives after Christians is, as you said, Seth, that we live to, to give glory to God, to glorify Him, and to become more like Jesus each day of our life. Um, so a lot of times we hear, and we've talked about it, um, gosh, I feel like I, I mention it like every other episode, but I'm going to find it here in this Legacy Standard Bible. It says... So, and uh, Philippians 2 and 12 says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now as much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So, if we just left that verse by itself and said, there's your sanctification, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's a, a not a very 
assuring message because it leaves it up to you to work it out with fear and tremble. Just be afraid, tremble, and figure it out yourself. That's what, if we just hit, take that verse by itself. But the very next verse, verse 13 says, For it's God who is at work in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. So God's doing his will through us. He's doing his whatever he pleases to do. Um, is He's left us here as that written epistle uh, that epistle to the world um, and we're here as just vessels vessels of mercy that he's left here and uh, you got any, any more comments anything, anything you think on, on sanctification sentence? I just got one book I'd recommend and it's called J.C. Ryle uh, Holiness oh yeah it's got a lot of good benefits talking about holiness and everything but I believe you can see sancti- uh, the work of sanctification talked about a lot through that book I've read it it's a very good book it'll kick your teeth in <laughs> but it's a very good book yeah yeah and I mean holiness and sanctification are pretty much one and the same thing growing in holiness and sanctification uh, anytime you talk you see in the scripture about growing in holiness I mean it's it's that's talking about san- it's sanctification is what that is um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes we do need our teeth kicked in with God's Word. Uh, but it's important to remember that we, it's not like we have a harsh taskmaster. Harsh task. I can't You're talk speaking tonight. in tongues? No. <laughs> yeah. As, can you interpret it? No. No. <laughs> um, but Mary from Jesus says he's meek and lowly. Meek and, and lowly. Yeah, he's, he's not. Uh, when we you know go against his will and, and do things um he does chastise us but he's not as somebody that's beating us today he's death. not saying i hate you i hate you he's saying i love you i yeah. love you and the reason why he chastises because he loves us yeah um and so it doesn't mean that sanctification ain't a very messy process um, because look at look in the mirror and look look who god's dealing with yeah <laughs> all you needs a mirror to see somebody that's messed up you know yeah. so but to answer somebody's question that may be listening say, well, you know, what if I'm that person that's, you know, just tried to change some things up or clean up my act or maybe I've even started doing some things that are quote unquote churchy. Um, you know, you can, you can do all those things and it's really not going to amount to anything for you other than just changing your routines and things. But if you repent, change your mind about your sin who God is and how you've offended God and trust in what Jesus has done on your behalf and then you can spend the rest of your days with the Holy Spirit working in you and making you like Jesus. Amen. Um, and we flip those things around so much. Yeah. And uh, I got a, a friend a Lutheran brother of mine he has a podcast. Well they had a podcast I think they took a break from it but uh, they wrote a, a like a little blog one time and uh, they called it Janctification. It was a mix between justification and sanctification. And uh, just the way that they explained it is how we hear the message of sanctification mixed in with justification so many times. And it's they're two separate things. God uh, justifies us. That just means that he saves us, declares us not guilty. Um, and then he begins that work of sanctification in our lives. Um, so just you know changing the way that we're doing things and and getting all churchy and you know doing all this certain stuff though these things that we think that we need to do um, once we're saved god changes our wants to 
his will um, and so we begin to do those things so it's justification justification and then we begin sanctification and then one day glorification thank god for that day glorification Amen. no more sin no more devil yeah. no more worries we won't have to be made into the the image of christ because it says we don't know what we shall be but we'll be like him amen uh so uh, we look forward to that day and so if you're listening and maybe you got uh your bell rung with some of those things i was saying maybe you've been the person who said that i need to start doing this or doing that or i need to start living right you just need to look to jesus and trust be in saved him. first of all yeah you need to be saved uh and the only way you can do that is it's by his grace and through faith and jesus christ and what he's done so hopefully um that clears up you know just some probably i don't know we probably didn't do a, a do it justice as well as we could have but i hope it we've made a clear distinction between justification and sanctification it's two different things um so i hope that's a help to you if you have any questions on that man we would just we would love to sit down and talk to you about it because um for a long time in my life these things were kind of just bundled together and i didn't really understand what the difference between the two of them were um i i was what i was doing as far as god was was doing the work of sanctification in my life but i was doing things thinking i was trying to add to it add to my justification and not realizing i need to let go of the wheel and god the father um, has given the gift of the Holy Spirit to believers that leads us and guides us and directs us. And once I realized that and realized that um, that, that you're saved um, and God is going to complete the work that He started in you, man, you can really uh, there's there's it sets you free. Simply freedom in that um, it it stops you from looking at yourself and it helps you to have faith in God, knowing what He's done, that He's going to perfect it. So. Anyways, um, got any final comments before we close this one out, Seth? I just say this. If I look to myself every day, mm-hmm. I'll be most miserable. But when yeah. I look unto Christ, I rejoice. Amen. Amen. We'll close with that. Uh, if y'all have any questions or any comments, just shoot us a message, uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Good night. God bless.